I'm Alex Fitzpatrick and this is the Spanish Segunda Show, the show where we cast our eye over all 22 teams in not La Liga Smart Bank anymore. It is now La Liga High Promotion due to a sponsorship deal that La Liga has signed with EA Sports. Um, so, I mean, I guess we'll still refer to it as Segunda, won't we, um, apart from in that opening line. Um, this is the penultimate podcast where we're going to be looking back at the 22-23 season. In this week's show, Liam has been spoke, speaking to a couple of fans of the protagonists of promoted teams. So we'll be hearing... Um, from Matt Rains from uh, the Last Palmas perspective, and we'll open the show by hearing him uh, speak to Aidan Shearer from the Champions Granada. And then on next week's show, we will be talking about the uh, relegated teams, and we'll speak to three of the four, uh, three fans of the the four sides that were relegated to Primera Federación. Without further ado. On we go with this week's show, and it's over to Liam, and he is speaking here with Aidan Shearer, a very happy Aidan Shearer, of course, um, a Granada fan promoted as champions. There was a, a somewhat stop-start uh, first three or four months in terms of results, uh, which led to Aito Karanka losing his job. Were you at the time completely... In favour of that, obviously with hindsight it's the right decision, but at the time did you feel that that was a change that needed to be made? Well, I mean, I, I like Kaito, he's a nice guy, uh, but it's true we weren't, we weren't performing away from home and that was a, a, a massive thing. If we if we didn't win away from home, we were never going to go up. So then when Paco Lopez came in, we still didn't look very convincing on the road, but we kind of won three, three or four games, which ultimately helped us. Uh, get promoted so I, at the end of the day as you said in hindsight it was a good decision and uh, I, I seen a couple of weeks ago um, Aitor Karanka got uh, sacked from uh, Maccabi Tel Aviv so he's been sacked twice this season which is not exactly very good news for him but do you know, I think he was perhaps a little bit unfortunate I mean certainly the away form wasn't great but they weren't a million miles away from the top two when he, when he lost his job what, what, what do you think provoked the board to act as they did just the away form, or just a general sense of malaise. I think a lot of the fans turned on them, as every as a, it happens with every team. If the fans turn on the manager, then the board kind of have to act. And uh, you know, I, I just don't think also that the fans had really heard of him as a manager. Yeah, they'd heard of him playing for Athletic Bilbao, but they hadn't heard of him as a manager because obviously his main career was uh, with Middlesbrough. Uh, in Birmingham, etc., in Forest. So I, I think that was it. I just don't think they trusted him and uh, they lost patience with him. And then obviously at the end of the day, got a, a man that they knew, a man who has gone through this before. Um, so I think they were happy with the appointment. And yeah, I, I, I just think they turned against him and lost patience. We mentioned Granada's patchy away form at best which did continue as you say it certainly picked up after Christmas but generally their away form across the season wasn't great it was the home form wasn't it that got them promoted 
you saw a lot of those away games, didn't you? Um, which makes you a very brave and loyal fan, <laughs> because as I say, on occasions it wasn't that great. Did you have a particular moment in your season which you felt was the, the highlight of your travels, or can you can you point to one game where you thought this really was worth all the effort I uh, put into to get here? Well, to the away from the first tight, we had obviously won in Ibiza. I actually I went to including the Copa del Rey. I was at every single victory away from home, uh, which is actually more than Paco Lopez. <laughs> yeah, I, I think the game against Villarreal B, that was the game in February that we kind of turned the corner with. We won away, uh, again away from home. But I think Burgos, that was the main game. Burgos away, that was the main turning point. 1-0 one, one down to 1-3-1. A couple of late goals. That that was, I think, was the turning point, and that was like when all the fans who were at the game. There was very few fans at the game, but we kind of thought look, we might we might actually go up. We might get promoted. So I think that was uh, the kind of turning point. That's when I thought that you know this is worth it. I think we'll go up. Hey, you mentioned uh, there weren't many fans there. Just for those who, who are not experts in Spanish geography, what sort of a trip was that? Did that involve for you from Granada to get to Burgos? Well, luckily, I became friends during the season with uh, one of my, a guy called Tessera, uh, who he drives. Um, so me and him, whenever he's uh, able to go, we go in the car with him. So luckily, we went in the car. It was about six, six hours drive to get there. And, you know, a lot of the teams here don't put on transport for fans. So not a lot of fans go to these games. Yeah, it tends to be linked to the, the, the Peñas, doesn't it? If a Peña puts on a coach, but even then you tend to find that generally they're only interested in putting on coaches to the games within two to three hours. A 12-hour round trip doesn't tend to uh, wet the palate of many uh, Segunda fans, does it? Conversely, although you did seem to have, as you say, quite a good run in seeing all their away wins, we actually met each other, didn't we, at the uh, at the Copa del Rey win down in uh, the southeast of the country. One of your shorter journeys away from home. Were there any journeys that you... Just at the end of the game, you thought, why on earth did I bother with this one? Well, <laughs> there was a lot. And I remember doing a, a video uh, in the pouring rain in Santander after we had lost. The the players never came over. There was like, as soon as he came over, he was visibly annoyed because uh, we were giving the team pelters because we were annoyed at the team for losing to a relegation-threatened club. And after the game, I, was, I did a video, put it on, on Twitter, no hood, didn't have any hood, just doing the video of saying, ah, we lost, or no, but I would do it again. So that's the thing, I complained to so many people, like my brother, eh, my mum and dad, my girlfriend, I was like, well, another terrible result, terrible, we're absolutely rubbish. And then, particularly my mum and dad, or my mum, who's not the biggest football fan, she was like, well, we'll just don't go then. I mean, I think... Even you, you, me, all every other person listening to the podcast is a massive football lover. Will know that you cannot just stop going to a match. You'll always go to the next match, no matter how rubbish you are. No, and to be fair, it all turned out all right in the end, didn't it? But yes, I, I, I vividly remember the picture of you in the pouring rain in Santander after the defeat, thinking, "My goodness me!" And it's probably about a seven-hour journey home from as well. 
brilliant to be part of that though if you are one of those few there when you get a victory like a border cross isn't it the fantastic feeling all that effort you've gone to is worth it you mentioned the thorny there the obvious choice i suppose for most people for well, it's got other fans and probably even people on the outside looking in in terms of play of the season would he would he get your award or are there other other players out there that you think deserve more recognition than him well as a goalkeeper, I believe that the goalkeepers cannot be overlooked. So, Ralph Fernandez and even Andrew Ferreira, who played less matches, but they were crucial. Fernandez, Ralph Fernandez, made some, a lot of crucial saves, huge saves in the season. Maybe 0 0 makes a save, then we end up winning, etc. So, I mean, you can, I don't think you can argue past him. And in terms of um, Granada's tremendous home form, you obviously were at most of the home games as well as a good proportion of the away games. For those perhaps looking more, more to, to go next season uh, in La Liga, how would you rate then where Los Carmenes experience to, to the many other grounds? You've also seen Granada played obviously there in the Liga as well, haven't you? But you've got a good, uh, you know, good point of reference from all the other places you've been. How does it stack up, do you think, overall? I mean, I, I certainly like it, um, the pre-match atmosphere. The only thing we're lacking is uh, the Grada de Anamacion, very small in Los Carmenes, whereas teams like Santander have the full behind the goals, which is real impressive. Alaves, real impressive. Malaga, real impressive. So that's something that we're lacking. I mean, yeah, are, there, are, there move, are there moves towards trying to create? I mean, Grada de Anamacion is essentially, isn't it, the singing part of the ground yeah. where everyone gathers together and it creates a lot of the atmosphere that you can hear all around the ground. Why, why has that never really happened at, at Granada? Why, why do they, are there some way behind the likes of Malaga and, and Alaves and Rathing for that? Is there any particular reason? Or? It could be the fact that Granada, you know, like 15 years ago, they were, they were nowhere near the top. We've climbed a lot in recent years and they should be looking at it to make it bigger. But just a couple of days ago, one of the Peñas left the singing section. So uh, there's certainly some differences between how it's run, and I'm not exactly sure of the politics, but I don't see it getting um, extended anytime soon. And in terms of that, you've just said that the, they've, they've really climbed in recent years, and you're absolutely right about that. I remember going to see them in the early 2000s when they were a long way beneath where they are now. Um, but they're back at the top table, so to speak, next season. Do you feel more confident that they will stay there this time for a few seasons? Or what do you think they need to do to guarantee a, a second consecutive season in 24-25? Oh, we need to sign quite a few players. With those players... Playing in the top tier, I do not think that we will survive. We haven't done anything yet in the window. Well, we've, we've made uh, Weissman's uh, loan permanent, but that's it. And we've not done anything because the, the owners are trying to sell the club to, to, to this like American, Mexican group, but they're not accepting the offer because they owe debt. And then the American Mexican group said they'll pay the debt, but then there's another debt that they owe to someone else, so it's really complicated. So unless the club gets sold soon, then we can't start making any signings, which we're like six weeks, five weeks till the start of the season is kind of worrying. Thanks for your time, Aid. Much appreciated. Fingers crossed, as you say, the ownership issues are resolved quickly and you can start to plan with confidence for, for the coming season, which isn't very far away now, is it? So uh, fingers crossed for you that that's all done and dusted within the next couple of weeks. 
So, from the first automatically promoted team, the champions Granada, to the second, Las Palmas, uh, they managed to secure their promotion on the final day of the season against Deportivo Alaves due to that uh, draw that they got in the Estadio Gran Canaria. Of course, Deportivo Alaves in the end also promoted as well in that dramatic playoff final um, that we saw against Levante. So without further ado, it's over to Liam and, and of course to Matt to hear about the Las Palmas perspective as we wave them goodbye on their way up to La Liga. Coming into uh, the 22-23 season, were you confident that you could build on that great end uh, to last season, even though it ended actually in disappointment in that semi-final loss, didn't it? Yeah, massive disappointment. And I, yes, we should have been up there. But then also, let's not forget that three quality teams did come down. So, yeah, you know, I'd have, I'd have put us in the top six, but I'd have said we really should have been you know, vying for a promotion. We should have been one of the top two to go up, I'd have said. Yeah, although you were fairly confident going into the season, were there any moments during the season when you started to wonder whether it actually was going to happen? Yeah, um, probably give you the same answer as any Abar fan, Levante fan, Alaves fan, Granada fan. We all had a bit of a wobble, didn't we? Nobody wanted to take the take the lead as it was and, and try and pull away from the others. But I think... For me, it all started sort of March. I don't think we won a game. And that includes the thrashing at Tenerife, dropping points at Andorra, Malaga, you know, that young lad, Danny Calvo, I think it was scoring in the last minute. He got Malaga a point. Then we go into the derby. Probably, yeah, March time, I was a bit like, no, this ain't going to happen. We pick up again and then we lose two on the bounce, don't we? One of them to Granada. So... Yeah, there were there were a couple of times, probably the Granada loss and probably after the Tenerife game. And it was around about that time, I remember you saying that you, you you were wondering whether they needed to replace Garcia Pimienta because things were not going to plan and it looked like from a brilliant position they were going to let it slip away. What what was the motivation behind that, with that belief? I mean, obviously poor results, but is there anything particularly you felt that he was doing badly that... that, that Required a, a change of of air in, in in the coaching position. I think it's just that that worry of failing to get over the line again. You know, we did so well to get into the playoffs last season. We didn't get over the line. We didn't make it to playoff final. Then this season, we were in such a good position. We were, you know, top of the table for a long time. We were in the top two and three for a long time. And then it just, I don't know, we're Teams find out how to play against us, coming in and just sitting back, letting us play the ball around because we know they know that we're not going to put many crosses in. We're going to try and play through them. We've not really got an aerial threat up top. I think it was just that lack of a plan B. And I did feel like, you know, the president, he might have just gone, knee-jerk reaction. Let's just sort of change it up and have a, a new approach, which I think Almeria did for one of their playoffs semis and final a few years ago I just I don't know I, I just there was something in me that thought he's not going to get us over the line and it's, it's a lot really isn't it it shows how quickly fans expectations build up because I think when he came in he was very unheralded when he came to Las Palmas but he did such, such a great job he was almost hoisted by his own petard wasn't he? he kind of was so impressive in getting them in the playoffs in the first place that suddenly expectations went through the roof and suddenly not making it in, in one of the automatic spots the following year seemed like a failure whereas actually 
you know, 18 months ago, I wouldn't have expected him to even be breaking into the playoffs, perhaps for the team that he had. Yeah, I'd agree. Completely different change from Pepe Mel. Probably overachieved getting us into the playoffs. Would we be having this conversation in this way if we'd have finished seventh and eighth season before? Um, would we be a lot happier than we are? Would we not have had the worry that we had? But yeah, you know, he's he's come from a, a Barca La Masia background. You know, they talk about the football from the streets with Las Palmas and how it's played on the beaches and played in the streets on the cobbles and whatever, and, and just how sort of technically minded both sets of academies can be. I'm, I'm glad he stuck with him. You know, I'm going to say that because I'm hoping he can use a few contacts to probably strike up a couple of loan deals for us. Well, yeah, there's, there's certainly some fresh blood needed, isn't there? And we'll talk about that perhaps a bit later. Um, you're happier then with him because obviously there was talk, wasn't there, a few weeks ago that he wasn't going to sign the contract. Felt were sniffing around, I think, weren't they? You're, you're happy to have him now going forward, having got you over the line when there was a, a, a stage where it looked quite dodgy. You think he's the man to take you forward in La Liga and perhaps this time cement your place in La Liga rather than become a bit of a yo-yo side again? Yeah, I mean, the last thing we had was, was sort of five years, but it ended terribly. Celta was sniffing, Ray Vallecano was sniffing, but that's a risky take when you give a manager a 12-month contract or an 18-month contract. But as with anything, you always refuse your first offer, don't you? So I think that's what he did, refused his first offer, wanted a bit more in terms of recognition or guarantees, and then seemed quite happy to do it because I think they said within hours of the talks restarting, deal was signed and, and that was that for us. As with most UK-based fans, you don't get to see the team live as much as you'd like to, and especially because it's a hell of a lot further for you to get down there. Was there one game this season that you watched on telly and thought, oh, I'd really, really like to be there for that one? Or perhaps even with hindsight, you're thinking at the end of the game, or was it when they came out at the start of the game, you were thinking, oh, I really wish I'm there now? Or, or do they? Do you feel like that every time you uh, watch your team and are not there? It's going to be the Alaves game, isn't it? You know, there was... So much riding on that game at home, a sellout crowd. I, w- I was due to get married five days after that game. I got given a hundred euro uh, or a hundred quid each way budget that said I could go if I was a la- if I could figure it out. <laughs> um, what went against us was it was the um, May Bank holiday, school holidays. So <laughs> yeah, but no, it's going to be that one, isn't it? Could you, how would you cope with the, the, the tension, though? I think as the last Palmas fan going into that last game, I would have found it almost impossible to watch it. Be... it. It was stressful. I mean, the, the one thing that sticks in my head is the Via Libre chance. You know, if it had buried that, we didn't look like scoring. And I just, I think it was more relief than celebration. It was harder to watch than the 2015 game. Because 2015 game, sorry to bring that one up. Thanks, <laughs> really helpful. For those of you who are not aware yeah. about 2015 game, Matt has deliberately referenced the game in which Real Zaragoza, with a superb side, were cruelly robbed promotion to Primera by uh, Araujo seven minutes in time. And I was watching that with a load of Real Zaragoza fans and it was horrible. And Matt yeah. enjoyed it somewhat more. Yeah, I did enjoy it. But that, this one was harder because... In a way, it wasn't in our own hands. We weren't sort of sitting on a one-goal lead. We were sitting on nothing. So, yeah, just it, the overriding emotion was relief all over. At the end of the season, we picked a team in the season. 
did you have any particular thoughts yourself as to who was your last Bournemouth player of the season? I think Sal Cocker was awarded the best defender in the league by La Liga. Um, Why your choice? Would he have been your choice to play of the season? I'd say so. You know, there's a couple of rash things that happened. He, he dived into a lot of tackles. Reyes, yeah, say so had a good season. Vieira, I want to say he played with an injury for a lot of the season. And I, I, nothing's come out, but he just, to me, he wasn't as influential. It's interesting you say that, because that was very much my view. I mean, he made it into Alex's team in the season. My feeling was that perhaps the bar is set so high with Jonathan Vieira. That's the problem. He's such a good player that, for me, yeah. he's very much less effective, Alex, as the, the stats suggest otherwise. But there was some talk about him having difficult personal situations and stuff, wasn't there? My, my feeling was always that he wasn't 100% fit and he did miss some games and he sat on the bench for a few. Do you feel he could be a big player for you in 23-24? And, and are, there, are there any other areas in which they... The need to strengthen quite quite desperately to be, to be ready for La Liga in a few weeks. So I think there's only him and Sandro in the squad that have La Liga experience, which is a big thing. I know Pajinho we had from Sevilla's B team. I don't know if he ever trained with the with the first team or anything, or made any Copa del Rey appearances or anything. We need a right back. Um, we spent most of the season playing with Alex Suarez at right back. Doing a bit of the old Pep Guardiola, I think, when one pushes up, the other moves in. Sergio Cardona had a brilliant season, not season gone, season before. Again, he's been a bit rash this season. And I don't know if because Benito had his injury and gave up his squad number, we didn't have any cover for him, was he just getting complacent? But I would say we probably need right back, left back. We need a goal scorer. And probably need a winger or two and I'm saying that because of the depth in the middle with Mfolu, Fabio, Loidise, Valero if he plays through the middle, Vieira if he plays through the middle. So definitely a league of experience you say is, 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 is crucial isn't it and then having a few more players with a bit more knowledge of, of the league would seem to be a priority and we wish you the very best with it we hope you keep in touch with Segunda as well we hope not to see you anytime soon Matt for the very best reasons but uh, thank you for giving your thoughts on this season and uh, I say, we'll keep in touch with you. Please make sure you keep in touch with us, even though it's less painful for you to be watching games next season and worried about the potential influence on your on your own team. No worries. I'm not going anywhere. Good bunch of uh, good bunch of lads and a good following we've got. So I'm going to carry on being invested. So we wish the very best of luck to Granada, the champions, Las Palmas, who finished second, and Deportivo Alaves promoted via the playoffs as they make their way up to Primera. Um, best of luck to them and, uh, you know, hopefully we won't be seeing them back and we mean that in the nicest possible way, of course. Good luck to them in La Liga next season. That's all we've got time for on this show. Uh, next week, we will be hearing from three of the four relegated teams uh, who are down to Primera Federación and, um, yeah, Maybe not quite as upbeat a, a show next week from those three fans, but all very interesting nonetheless. Thanks for listening, everyone. And remember, Segunda doesn't mean second best. No me digas que me